Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Right, hello everybody. Welcome to our latest Royal Blue podcast in association with Sport Pacer. Uh, we're not going to be all doom, gloom and despondency because I think everybody who's listening realises how utterly shambolic that was last night. Obviously, we'll have to reference it briefly, but we'll try and look ahead as constructively as possible uh, you know, to the game on Sunday. Uh, we've got Phil Kirkbride looking a little weary after his uh, trip back from Bergamo uh, in the wee small hours of this morning. We've got Sam Carroll with us again. And then we've got Gav, Gav Buckland, our regular, and myself, David Prentice. So, I mean, Phil, you were there. You had to endure it. Um, can you possibly constructively uh, explain what you think might have gone wrong uh, out in Atalanta and what might have been done differently? I'm not allowed to swear, am I? No, no, no. Try and keep it, keep it uh, clean. Anybody familiar with tech speak is FFS, I think. Uh, <laughs> crikey, where do you start? Um, I think at a basic sort of fundamentals kind of level, things that any level of footballer would in any football team you would expect things which is you know Ronald said passion commitment desire fight I'd even I'd even go as far as say bottle um, a capitulation in every sense the roof caved in didn't it in, in a 17 minute period which was so bad that he almost defied belief but then it didn't quite defy belief because it had almost happened in similar fashion five days earlier hadn't it sure um, some big problems I think there's they are a team of individuals, as Ronald rightly said, there's no cohesion. There doesn't, to me, seem a particular direction or defined way of playing. I think they're very much caught in two minds. I think Ronald has rightly looked at the summer and decided that they need to inject quality and, and players with a bit more technique so that when they come up against different teams, they're able to play a different type of way. But the problem is now, since they've lost Rom and haven't replaced him, they can't play the way that there's successful for them in the second half of last season which was direct using the channels turning defenses and being you know playing playing the percentages a bit yeah. more they've become one dimensional unfortunately they're not really good at that one dimension um and as I've, i wrote a piece obviously uh, after the after the match and, and it went out this morning was there's no pace in that team yeah absolutely and i can't for the life of me because i remember doing a piece midway through the summer saying they have to look at somebody with pace because they can't wait until Yannick gets back. Yeah. Yannick Balassi, that is, because he could be until Christmas and we don't know if he'll be ready. I can't for life of me understand why they didn't go and buy somebody with pace, but look, they didn't. And it's for me, it's it's a glaring omission in that team. Yeah, I mean, I've got Gav sat alongside me, and we're a little longer in the tooth than some other people around this desk, so we can <laughs> we can remember some absolute horror shows. But but to me, that ranked alongside. The, uh, the 5-1 at Man City on the last day of the season, the, the worst I've seen, the 4-1 capitulation by Howard's team in the third season. Of yeah. um, it was only like a 20-minute capitulation, but you know, admittedly, you know, it, it was enough to lose the game and lose the game heavily. And um, with it happening so early in the season, that, that's the concern for me. I mean, we went up to Finch Farm this afternoon and heard Ronald explaining how the number of new faces trying to bed in you know, was a contributory factor. Uh, and we accept that. 
but equally seeing a team struggle so early in the season, it, it's a worry, isn't it? I mean, can, can yeah. you see any positives, any rays of sunshine? Um, so I, I think, I think it's not necessarily the pitch that's a problem for me. It's the makeup of the squad yeah. that actually we are on the pitch reflecting the imbalance in the squad that we've spoken about continually over the you know since maybe even the start of the summer that you know you, I think the goalkeeping situation okay with but every other part of the pitch I've got concerns with at the at the moment and it's basically you know briefly it's at the back we've got a thirty five year old centre half we've got a thirty three year old centre half we've got like Leighton's thirty three in December. Yeah. All with 10, 15 year careers behind them. Last night you've got a right back who's really, you know, he's just, you know, he's come out with young lads still, still, you know, under 23 level. That's not necessarily his best position. Uh, you brought in Keane from Burnley who's just, you know, finding his feet in terms of that defensive uh, organisation. We've got a surface of um, defensive midfielders, of which I'm not sure that knows what his best combination is. You know, we've got even more. You know, number tens, as you were called. None of them are the number ten, really, naturally, yeah. which is a problem. Uh, and the, the striking position, we've not really resolved, and we've not really resolved. Like what I said about two or three pods ago, that to me, bringing another centre half was just as important as bringing another striker. So when you look at it in that, that you know, in those lines, to me, what you you know, we're getting what you would expect yeah. in some respects is a lack of uh, pattern. A lack of um, sort of balance on 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 the playing side on on the pitch on your first eleven or whatever that first eleven is, and that's not surprising. And and it's to do, I think, primarily with the makeup of the squad. But as you said, playing quite rightly, the more bunion thing is the lack of fight and yeah. you know that sort of a lack of grit that you know, and what you said there, Phil Bottle. <laughs> And and that that's the more worrying side to me. So early in the season, and I think I think the fact that as you mentioned the imbalance and lack of options in in several areas kind of highlighted last night that that Rooney had to play left of the three, effectively left winger ish role, but that was a job for a, a man much younger. Yeah. You know, Wayne's obviously works his socks off and he'll do a job, but he effectively ended up playing left back mm. yeah. because they obviously went, we're going to play. Attack minded anyway, and we're going to bomb on with our wing backs, and we're going to try and pin them back that way. But they must have looked at Wayne and gone, "Well, this is double double impact because <laughs> the best will in the world, Wayne's got to work back because he's an honest pro, and that's how we, that's how he'll always be. But it means he's not got the energy to start yeah. to, to be effective in the areas of pitch you want him to be. We, we watched it on telly, and to be honest, the commentator referenced that that Wayne Rooney's best work was being done in defensive positions. Well, two left backs, which was quite worrying. Yeah. I mean, well, could you believe what you were saying, Sam? I mean, you, like, like me, watched it on telly. I mean, um, were you worried, you know, the fact that it's so early in the season that they put in a performance as flat as that so soon after a flat performance against Tottenham, so soon after a flat performance against Chelsea? Or is the fact that Everton have played real top-quality teams already, and this is a decent Serie A side, I mean, they're not, you know, sort of mugs. I mean, are we getting a little bit too carried away too soon? It's hard, isn't it, to judge, really, I think. Something I was thinking about this morning is: Are we getting to an age now in football where, you know, do you do you need a style? I know there's some, you know, Martinez threw around like the philosophy word and that yeah. too much, but you know, we're changing our tactics now almost every single game, and there's not one, you know, a defined style. Yeah, you don't yeah. go after oh, that's a proper Everton goal, and like what Phil was saying last season. Okay, you had Lukaku, but you know, you did get into that thing of you know we had ways of scoring goals, and you had things that strengths to wit to play on. Yeah. 
at the moment, it seems like each game we go into, Cummins try and say, okay, this will be the best tactic for that. But now, you know, you could have 38 different tactics across the season, and you're yeah. seeing time and time again over the last three or four games. If that tactic doesn't work, you just back to square one for the next game, yeah. aren't you? We're going to try and be positive here as best we can. And I mean, Phil threw a great stat at us there before the press conference that Ronald Koeman has never lost at Old Trafford. He's, been, he's been there with Southampton twice and won. And if you remember, he was very unfortunate not to win last season, you know, last minute penalty. Um, you know, basically, you know, sort of deprived Everton of uh, all three points last season. He was asked about that stat and he, he was honest. He shrugged and said, well, you know, uh, Man United over the last few years maybe haven't been as strong as you know, they have been in recent seasons. And, you know, all good things come to an end. But, you know, should we be worried about going to Old Trafford at the weekend? I mean, is it, if, are we looking at, you know, another Stamford Bridge experience, another long 90 minutes where, you know... If I was a betting man, I'd bet my mortgage on playing five at the back. Yeah. Absolutely. So that would be enough to worry Everton fans anyway because it's just a <laughs> it's formation. It's not happened, has it? You know, yeah. that, that formation. I um, and I think it's, you know, it's Keen Jags. And Ashley Williams, absolutely all day. God knows who's going to play right back because nobody can hold down the position. Yeah. Uh, I suspect from what he said today, it might be Martina. Baines will play left back. But can I just jump in there? It's worth looking out tonight on the site. Half ten onwards, Phil's going to have a good piece going up about uh, why John Joe Kenny hasn't been playing more often this season. Ronald was very interested on that. But, yeah. uh, sorry to jump in. No, yeah, but and you know, look in theory, and it's always in theory that five of the back should work. It should be give yourselves a decent opportunity not to get beat and that, that for me is the key on, on Sunday not to get beat because another defeat doesn't really bear thinking about but I, don't, I just don't know I, the concern is as, as we've referenced is if, if that five at the back and the, and the, the screening midfielders Schneiderlin and Gay probably if they are if it is breached yeah. where's, where's the response where's the coming from come because from, yeah. I would say well we've just gone and bought the best set piece Specialist in in the Premier League, but I haven't seen a decent delivery from him yet, and I'm not even sure if there's anybody willing to get their head on it. Yeah, you know. Uh, so I, I think some of his deliveries have been decent. I think there was a left footed cross against Spurs. We're clutching at straws now. <laughs> this is what I, but, uh, this is what but there's no one on the end of it. Yeah, you know, like in Bali's column yeah. this week, yeah. he, he raised this point that he went to Spurs ahead of the game, thinking if we go one down, what's going to happen? And, and yeah. I fear it's it's the same again. We have to score first, yeah. like we did last season. Yeah. Jags, you know, Jags went all sort of gymnastic, acrobatic <laughs> on us, didn't yeah. he? And, and scored. I just think you've got to score first because United are, as he says today, Ronald. They're they're a different proposition, even though Pogba is injured and won't be playing. Yeah. They're, they're a different outfit to what they were. They're far slicker, powerful, more potent, and I, I fear one could become many. Yeah. We haven't got Scotty here today, so you know we can actually mention the M word. I mean, uh, Kevin, Kevin Morales uh, is, is there an argument for bringing him back in for a game like that, given his experience, given his occasional goal threat. Yeah. Uh, well, going on last night, why not? Because it can, yeah. can it be any worse? I mean, look, I, unfortunately, I, I, you know, if Kevin comes on the pitch, I, I now expect nothing from him because right. he's so inconsistent. But then yeah. again, you look maybe. Maybe you've got to play him yeah. because yeah. nothing else worked, did it? One, one person I'd, I think is worth mentioning and, and don't appreciate attention to doing, Phil, is, is Luckman, yeah. who has got pace, who has, you know, it's has a bit of a strange sort of first eight or nine months mm. at, at Goodison in that 
as soon as he came to the club, obviously scored on his debut, and then sort of he sort of played then started yeah, yeah. the next two or three games, didn't he? Uh, and was an impact sub in a couple of games, and he sort of, you know, notwithstanding a great goal that he scored at under under twenty three yes, last week, yeah, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, when he's got everything that we want, pace. But he doesn't appear to be in a look in the middle. Was he on the bench? Nope. He was on the bench nope. last night either. What's the, the feeling around Luckman? Is there anything um, going on there that actually is about relationship issues or just maybe Ron just doesn't I, fancy him at the moment? I, yeah, I can't I can't say to have any great sort of insider knowledge on that, but my feeling is, and it's a word that Ronald has used in the past couple of certainly in the past week, is confidence. Now for a young player, I'll accept that knocks in confidence a part and parcel of development and if they haven't got it they won't perform and I think that's what the issue has been with Luckman I think his confidence for me appeared to take a knock after Middlesbrough away when yeah. he, he was in a little nice little run but went and missed a couple of big chances in the game that they eventually drew and he was in and out of the team from then on went to the World Cup with the under-20s seemed to restore some of that self-belief yeah. came back in pre-season looked lively and then has been in and out of the team since but then he looked like he was making progress and then went and played in split in a particularly hostile atmosphere and was unable to replicate the impact he had in the first leg. Kuman then bombs him and I don't think he's... I think he's... Impressive. The impression I get is that a confidence for a young lad is, is, is quite... Not fragile, but he's, he's susceptible and to that type of thing. But when Ronald speaks about confidence being an issue for senior players... I don't think that's acceptable in any way. Yeah, I, th- I think it's. In- I think he's protecting uh, the younger players at the moment. I think he realises that if he was to introduce them into a team that's clearly low on confidence mm. and struggling, he could set back their development, you know, by some way. Yeah. I mean, uh, Tom Davis, you know, a similar case in point to this time last season was, you know, well, this time last season was playing with under twenty threes, but you know, from uh, Christmas <laughs> onwards, uh, he was carefree. It was all, you know, sort of big, you know, exciting new world for him. And now he appears to be, I don't know, thinking through his game a little bit more at the moment, which is maybe why he's not playing uh, as frequently. So it doesn't give him many options, to be fair, does it? You know, there's, the, there's no real fresh faces on the you know, sidelines desperate to come in and you know, sort of actually demand inclusion. So we've got to get battered, aren't we? <laughs> well, this, this all goes back to how have, how have they... Cuban instilled or reinstalled, if you like, a sense of defensive organisation and, and resilience for a large part of last season. It was, it was the backbone which, which got them in that great yeah. run, which secured seventh by March or whatever it was. But they now look like susceptible against any team, never mind a team yeah. that is, is as there, strong as is, is there a concern about uh, the way Everton perform away from home? Because uh, somebody was asking me last night, when was the last time Everton actually won away from home? <laughs> I think it's Crystal Palace, Palace in January. January. Yeah, it is. Yeah. You know, bearing in mind that we're September now, you know. That, well, that's a, that, that was in the league. Obviously, the beat was on Baroque. Yeah. Um, at the end of uh, yeah, yeah. Last month was it? Yeah. Kind of start of this month, so yeah, yeah. But you know, are we, are we seeing you know two different teams? One that's you know fine performing in front of a you know fairly partisan crowd. But that's why you see That's why you see your pros have to, for want of a better phrase, stand up and be counted and take it back again by the scruff of the neck, and that's where. I still hope, and we've seen it in patches, that's where Wayne comes into his own. Yeah. But that's where Sigurdsson has to come into his own. Yeah. And Schneiderlin. Absolutely, yeah. because he's been passive, hasn't he? I think as somebody said in the week, and I was absolutely <laughs> right. Well, let's, let's, have, let's have a quick talk about him, because, I mean, what do you make of uh, Schneiderlin's performances this season, Sam? Has he, has he done enough? As, as I wrote in that article this week, it's just started out, really, I thought, last season, when him and Gay first got together. You know, Gay are going through the run, and Schneiderlin had the position and the nous. 
that let Gay maybe go out of position sometimes, but they see... I know none of them have really done it, but you know Gary, uh, Gareth Baddy used to come and show, get the ball off the centre midfielders, and straight away you'd see his head. It was mm-hmm. up, he was looking for the balls in behind. Again, I know you had Lukaku. Schneidlin, every time he gets the ball, whether it's off the defence or another midfielder, it's just sideways or backwards. You know, yeah. one one of them two is Gay got the goal in Europe, and maybe and at the start of the season I was thinking maybe... One, but one of them needs to start pushing on. If you can't well, do that, what's the point in playing two of them? Yeah, you raise a good point there because when Ronald reluctantly let Gareth Barry go, he said, time will tell whether I come to regret that decision. And I think the fact that he had to play Mo Besic last night and Mo yeah. Besic's performance, being serious, probably he's thinking, shouldn't have let him go. 100%, yeah. 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 Now, you're right about the forward passes. I mean, uh, Gareth Barry, you know, we're all fans of his. You know, he had a big you know, support base uh, amongst... You know the Goodison supporters. He was he was positive. You know the old head, but you know everything was always forward looking. Uh, Schneidlin, the big problem for me is not so much his inability to pass the ball forwards. It's how culpable he's been in goals this season. Yeah. I mean he went to sleep against Spurs and let you know so Harry Kane get away from him last night. You know was it the second or the third goal? You know again third goal. You know he seemed to go missing on, and it's like a, a concentration issue, and. You know, have Everton got the bodies now to pull him out of the firing line for a little bit and yeah. give him a breathing bit. I'm not sure we have. I, I thought the first goal last night, I know we were sort of, but it was, I don't know if this is a bit of an unlucky goal to concede. <laughs> like, like, I think it had two players then on, on the way in. But if Stecklenburg hadn't pulled off that save, they yeah. had no right to. I, for the, for I, the yeah, yeah. I was more concerned with Snyderland on for the, the second Harry Kane goal on, uh, on yeah. Saturday, which was just. If I did that of a Wednesday night in five aside, I'd be quite like you do that frequently. On a I do, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I do the Harry Kane bit as well, you know. <laughs> but no, but uh, I, I think that that's that that's a you know, I say concerns all over the pitch at the moment. Mm. And now we've got a surface of defensive midfielders. Not many of them are you saying, you know, apart from Gareth Batty when yeah. when he was there, saying that it's not working really for me. I think Guy's been decent. He's been okay. Season. But what the thing is with Schneidlin is. I mean, he said he actually. I remember when he joined. I, did, I sat down an interview with him, and he's really, he's he's really articulate. He's a very intelligent, intelligent guy, and speaks really well. But he he said, "Oh, I'm not, I'm not this this sort of, not just this hard man midfielder like this kind of put my foot in. I'm I'm, I'm also about playing." Well, I think we've seen more of his attempts to play, and I want to yeah. see more of him actually being a defensive midfielder. Yeah. yeah. And against Spurs, and you, and I know, look, on his day, there's been many sort of mercurial footballers. Sissoko could be difficult to handle, but Sissoko just bossed down yeah, the field at Goodison. Yeah, he yeah. looked like an absolute giant compared to Schneidlin. looked like a teenager against him. Yeah, he was yeah. just like shrugged off far too easily. I want Schneidlin to start enforcing something in the midfield. Yeah, I thought we made, uh, I was thinking about that during the game, made him, Sissoko looked like yeah, yeah, Torre for 90 oh, minutes, didn't we? I, I mean, you've know, uh, got problems. And we all, we all laughed when he didn't come and said, oh, yeah. we dodged a bullet there. That that performance from Sissoko was exactly why Koeman wanted him. Yeah. Well, I think we're missing as well, that I was thinking about is, remember when the going was tough that season? I can't remember what season it was now, and the ref had blew up for a free kick against Man United, and Phil Neville just absolutely went through Ronaldo. Cristiano Ronaldo. Yeah. You know, a bit yeah. like what Phil's yeah. saying, eh? No, when the going's getting moments. tough like that, yeah. there's not one player in that squad, really, who's willing to do like a 50-yard run to chase a ball back or take some... You know, I know it's not really what you want when you spend all this money. You want to play brilliant football and that, but yeah. sometimes to get the crowd going or to get your teammates going, 
Who's who's putting a bit of fire in the belly or who's putting a bit of passion into the team? I mean, I know like Penny started this by saying like something like positive. (laughs) (laughs) But I think it's a really good point because Phil Neville got loads of stick and sometimes you know deserves stick. But the one thing that he did supply was leadership. Yeah, and and I think that's that's some you know, and it's very easy to captain a team when they're winning, but it's really difficult to captain a team when they're losing. I think I think Tim Cahill said that when Neville got injured. I think in two thousand and nine, and he went on a bad run, and he. Kale captained the team, and it's been when we got these. Remember Fadden at Benfica and stuff, and and I remember them saying that it's easy to captain when you win, and it's really difficult to captain when you losing and like trying to show leadership. Yeah. But Neville did that all the time, yeah. and at the moment I don't really think we've got anybody who's showing that that Neville and Ronaldo moments. You know that. I mean, I mean, I I disagree that we need somebody to be like a headless chicken and, and just charge into somebody. No, 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 absolutely. Because I I wrote a piece which quite got quite, quite a lot of traction. About Bessage, not Nick can't be that type of player. He needs to remove this idea that he he should become sort of hatchet man and Everton's hard case. And you know he needs to be more cultured. But what I want is for Schneidlin to be in control, yeah. and I want I want I want more Everton players to be in control of the game. And when we go one down, don't just all look around at each other. Somebody's go right. We're going to weather the storm, and we're going to get back into this. We're going to find a way. There's not enough of that happening. Yeah, there's a worry that, I mean, you look at the squad and there should be uh, a large number of leaders in that squad. You've got Ashley Williams, who's, you know, sort of an international skipper. Mm. Okay, Seamus Coleman's injured at the moment, but he's an international skipper. The, the, the leaders that we do have aren't particularly vocal. They seem to be, you know, so quiet and more thought of. Leighton Baines is obviously the skipper on the mm. pitch. Phil Jagielka when he plays. And they're not particularly, you know, commanding presences in terms of being vocal and, you know, like you say, throwing in those kind of tackles. So is there a need, you know, for somebody like that? Gareth Barry fits that bill perfectly, mm. but unfortunately, you know, so he's gone. Um, Wayne Rooney, maybe. And I, and I know we cannot keep going on about it, so I'm completely contradicting myself here. But <laughs> if you've got a target man that is that, that focuses the minds of two or three defenders, and he is very yeah. much a focal point physically and metaphorically for the team, it doesn't half make a difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's people... People would have a go at Lukaku last season when he weren't scoring goals, saying he was lazy and that. But as Phil's saying, even when he weren't doing nothing, he yeah. was still pinning people back because now all of a sudden the wing-backs or whatever might go, OK, he won't push on too far now, these are all right on the break. If you're marking, OK, Calvert-Lewin's been all right, but if you're marking him or Sandro yeah. or Rooney, he's not going to spin you hard, he's not going to beat you and crash one into the top corner like what Lukaku was doing Even, even, the, even the Everton team in, within the, the parameters of... Of the rules, who's, who's operating in the dark arts? You know who's yeah. who's roughing up defenders. Yeah, you know who, who's making themselves known and, and, and unsettling because it's so easy for Atalanta. Cumin said that in the on after the game on uh, Saturday, didn't he? About we were too nice and we well, said that. that he, like, he yeah. said that before yeah. the start of the season last year. I think it was who we played Espanyol in the in the Goodison friendly. Yeah. I remember speaking to Ron and it's only to be too nice, and yeah. he got a reaction, but he didn't get one last night, did he? Yeah. So in terms of Sunday then, Dave, like, so, so, <laughs> in terms of, so we talked about our defensive setup there, but like, do we keep the two in front of the five, or what do you think? It, 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 well, they appear to be far too similar a two if, if we do that. So I, I personally think Schneiderlin you know, needs a little bit of a break at the moment. I don't think he will, because I just can't see any alternatives mm. to bring in and replace him. Mo Bessage certainly, you know, wouldn't improve on that uh, you know, poor as Schneiderlin was last night. 
so you're changing the entire shape of the uh, the team then. You Do know? you not think Davis is ready to play in central midfield? P- possibly. I, I love Davis a lot. I just don't think he's been quite the same player this season. He was great for England under 21s against Latvia down on the south coast, but when we're talking Latvia, um, I thought he was awful in the second half against Spurs. You know, he was obviously chasing the game. He was a man that came on and was you know desperately just trying to impress and tried too hard. Yeah. Um I, I like him a lot and I, I prefer to see him in one of the more advanced positions, you know, one of the three if you like. Uh, you know the position that maybe David Klassen has been playing. Um but push comes to shove, yeah I'd be inclined to bring him in and you know sort of give him an opportunity. He's uh, he, he can't do much worse than uh, <laughs> the lads who we've been playing that have done so far this season. I know it's it's if buts and maybes and you know we were saying Gareth Barry would play if he was still at the football club. I think he would be the first name of the team for Sunday. Yeah. And I actually think James McCarthy was fit. Cooman would be playing him. They'd play three across across yeah. the middle. Yeah. But it just, you know, just highlights that as you said at the top, Gav, about issues lacking in key areas. Now, you know, have a have a surfeit of defensive midfielders, but they're either not good enough or they're not fit. Mm. Yeah. I just think that it's an issue and I I, I think I think Percy our natural thing is four three three. I think if mm. we have the players, I just think that when we played that on occasion, yeah. we look we've looked far more effective. Um, but we haven't got the two really natural wide men up front of it unless you play there. I say Morales, we can say the end word of Tony. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I've been tempted to see Sandro but, on the but, wing. You know, Sandro, yeah. You know. I mean, and then like you, you then left with Calvert Lewin aren't you, in, yeah. in the middle, which is not ideal, perhaps, but. I four three three for me always seems a more natural fit for the way Cuman wants wants mm. to play, and uh, we don't play it enough uh, for me. Um, and what we struggle against is everybody's got on to us now, haven't they? That play three four three against Devon, three at the back because yeah. you know that we've got no width because the, the because when you play three at the back, the danger areas are the for are either side of the two centre halves. Yes. Because the space there to attack, and like clubs are playing against us, knowing that we're not going to attack them there because mm-hmm. we've got no width. Yeah. So that means that your, your two wide players in the middle of the pitch can push further up, like Ben Davis did on on Saturday, knowing that actually they're not going to have to track back. Yeah. And pe- they've got people have got wise to that. And I, somebody was telling me today that they've, somebody's worked out that club Evan have had more teams play three four three against <laughs> them really? than than any other club. Because they've obviously realised, because of the the constraints of our squad, that actually that's the best best way to uh, to play against us, and and you can see why you see that all all day long, can't and, you? And I guess because because you've got no pace, you inevitably have to involve more players in trying to play a more intricate way of playing to try and break down defence, which ultimately leaves you more susceptible to counter attacks. Yeah, imagine Rom on the pace because <laughs> that's where that is where he absolutely destroys teams yeah. when he's got space to run into and, and they just pump it long. Yeah. So if Everton are, are going to have any spells of possession on Sunday and maybe try to like force the issue, it, it, well, Idris, a guy, and, and anybody who's remotely half quick, just needs to hang back and just jump on Rom because get yeah. Rashford as well. Even well, the, the, the big problem he's got at the moment is trying to restore that fragile confidence, and he's mentioned it many times mm. in press conferences recently. Um, I think realistically, we may have to look beyond Sunday. And uh, again, Ronald referenced it in his presser that the fixture list coming up after that, it's been brutal to start yeah, the season. Yeah. We shouldn't lose sight yeah, of yeah, that. Yeah. And he made point, a point to the fact that we're only one point worse off in the same corresponding fixtures in last mm. season. We drew it home to Spurs on the opening day last season. So, OK, expect all that. It's the man of those defeats getting absolutely walloped at Chelsea, mm. getting destroyed by Spurs. You know, it's, it's the most devastating thing. But 
He then rattled off the fixture list after Old Trafford. And, you know, Sunderland in the Carabao Cup. It's, you know, Bournemouth at home, Burnley at home, Apollon Limassol at home. Yeah, uh, games that, you know, look a lot more winnable than the ones that we've had. Unfortunately, the League Cup has been no sanctuary for us. <laughs> no, no, <true. laughs> well, if we can't beat our own reserve team, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to, we, we really have no problem with that. No, no, we, we <laughs> might have come back in a call. Yeah, that quote, yeah. Dear, oh dear, but, yeah. I think it's six out of, six out of eight at home, isn't yeah. it? And the, of the two-way games, one of them's at Brighton, I think, isn't yeah. it? Yes, um, yeah. So, it is, and we, yeah, it is like that combination of like bedding in some new players and the brutal away trips not only like sort of to big clubs in the Premier League, whatever, but combined with the European mm. away trips hasn't helped us. And I think we need to bear that in mind. But it's just that lack of yeah. passion and drive and commitment. That's and, the one thing. As you said, the, the concern is, and it was a concern when it looked like we weren't necessarily going to get a striker and the defender that he was after was that we've revamped the squad. But whenever push comes to shove, how much have we actually improved? Yeah, we'll probably still be good enough to finish seventh comfortably. But are we are we, good, are we good enough yeah. to capitalise on an Arsenal team who haven't? I didn't, well, I didn't think it had a stronger stronger window as Everton. I still think they're vulnerable because mm. this was the window of opportunity to do it. Cumin's second season, yeah. progress at least one place up the league so that in the final because yeah. you know best will in the world. It doesn't no no noise is coming out of the club suggests that he's going to sign a new deal. He mm. doesn't tend to do it historically. So the final season was when you had a, you were in a uh, position to have a proper tilt at the top four. But if if we just tread water for twelve months, we'll have to have a hell of a summer next summer and have a flawless season to get anywhere near the top four. I think what you mentioned earlier, Gav, with the balance of the squad so wrong, and they're not a flawless transfer window next summer. I think we need one in January because yeah. uh, you know clearly that are you know significant glaring deficiencies: the lack of a striker, the lack of a, another centre half, the lack of a left back cover. You know, but the worry is that. You, that we're too far off the pace by Christmas. True. And that, I mean, look, look it, it was good enough. The January we had was good enough to make certain the seventh was, was in the bag. But, it, you know, are we going to be off the pace too, too much so that we can have a great January, but Arsenal's still going to be out of reach? That's, I mean, that's the worry. Yeah, we just end up needing that just to yeah. keep up with last season. One player we've not mentioned from last night and is Vlasic. Mm. That's a good shout out, so, yeah, yeah. yeah, because he was one of the brighter. I, I, I spots, thought. Yeah. I thought, considering, I mean, actually plays in obviously our Europa League games early on this season, I'll be for the opposition. But I thought, in the given the circumstances and the way some of the more senior players played, I, I thought he, he he wasn't wasn't bad to yeah. be honest with you. Yeah. And I I saw you know you saw something there. Actually, think actually I think he might have a bit of a future here, even just after one game. I, I thought fair play to lads. I thought he was okay. Abby was maybe yeah. a fault for the goal, but I thought. All in all, I thought he did okay. And I think that was a positive for me he, last night. He wanted the ball, lively, kept it it really well. Uh, had you know confidence. He'd have two defenders around him, but he would, he would keep it and make sure we we retain possession. The only problem is, unfortunately, he's not. We don't we don't need a ten, another ten of the minute, do we? We need him to be quick and a winger. Yeah, yeah. I, but I think if you're talking about positives, if you can call it that from yeah. last night, maybe some of the options to look at. I think, oh yeah. Uh, I think he didn't do himself any harm last night. No. I mean, it's only 19. You think, yeah. well, actually, that could be a good investment you know, for longer yeah, term. Yeah. So that, that was a good point. I mean, I think when uh, Sanzo came on as well, I thought he, he sort of... I think he'll be all right, Sanzo. I think he'll be all right. He can't handle the physicality at the moment of the Premier League. That's come as a real rude awakening to him. He gets classed um, in the first five minutes yeah. of every game. It does, he does, but yeah, that's... 
Premier League That's football for you, yeah, isn't it? Get used to and it. I think he, he, I think he will get used to it. You don't score, was it 14, 15 yeah. La Liga goals, you know, without having you know sort mm. of quality, which he clearly has. I think you know once he realizes how unforgiving the Premier League is, I think we'll see a decent striker there. Unfortunately, it's not the centre forward that we need. Right, we're going to wrap it up there. We're, uh, we'll be back with you next week when we predictions uh, for predictions. Do, do we have to? I'm going to say uh, I'll, I'll, I'll say something. <laughs> Come on then, Gav, go on. When we got B4-1 at Coventry, we were our next opponents. It was Liverpool and Derby. And both of us scored. Everton 1-2-0 and Alan Myers, who was then the Tony operator, played Tales of the Unexpected on the fancy <laughs> whistle. <laughs> <laughs> and I also remember, like, remember the year, the 3-0 defeat against Tranmere in the FA Cup. I do, sadly. The following week we went to Old You're Trafford. You're cheering me up, aren't you? Yeah, no, <laughs> we went to Old Trafford the following week against Peak Fergie Man United, didn't we? And we played, we got beat 1-0, but we played really, really oh, well. Oh, that's all right. Remember? <laughs> no, no, but it was a completely different performance the Modern yeah. Sandman game was they won one there without having a shot on target right. they went in off Steve Watson right. but it just shows you over a week yeah. over a few days you can you know you can sort of go from like a low where you think of you know this is not going to get any better and go play against one of the bigger teams and put on a performance and hopefully we can do that on there uh, on Sunday well go on then Gav give us a, give us a prediction yeah, be five, no. <laughs> <laughs> no I think I'm, not, I'm more interested in the performance rather exactly. than the results on exactly. uh, Sunday. Yeah. I said all of that. It's cool uh, that we're going to lose. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I think what's acceptable to me as a minimum is just a tight defeat, but a really, really good performance with plenty of commitment to organisation and people look as though they know what they're doing. That, that they care. I, think that's I, the, I just that's want heart. I just want if Everton go a goal down, not to suddenly collapse like a pack of cards, which has happened in every game you know that they've lost so yeah. far this season. Um, I won't ask the lads to put them on the spot by for a prediction. I'm not Phil Shrug, and I think he wants to. He's confident. <laughs> Despite everything I've said, um, one all. All right, I Sam, no pressure, but uh, he's got to score first. Yeah. Okay. I wouldn't even want to say what's going on. I wouldn't either. I, f- I, I fear the worst, but then again, my, you see my betting tips. I'm always hopelessly wrong. So <laughs> uh, let's hope that's uh, a marker. We'll be back with you next week. Uh, we'll do a couple more next week. Uh, one reflecting on the uh, the game on Sunday and looking ahead to the, the Carabao Cup, the competition. Everton still haven't won and uh, hopefully can change that this season. And then again later in the week looking ahead to the uh, the next Premier League game. Stick with us. Speak to you soon.